You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Joshua Rubin. Hey, how's it going? Good morning. Are you, are you as good as the sandwich? <laughs> no, um, that's actually, you know, I'm better, but um, it's spelled differently. Well, tell me a little bit about yourself and what do you do professionally? So right now, um, I am an entrepreneur, a skateboarder, a father, and uh, professionally what I'm doing now, um, I'm running a couple businesses, a few brands. The uh, main one uh, right now is My Rain Barrel or Michigan Rain Barrel and a sustainable company. But we just, um, I just forayed into a new industry into coffee. So we're doing pop coffee roasters, uh, small batch coffee, uh, artisan uh, coffee roaster. I collaborated. So um, right now, those are my two main things. Did you become an entrepreneur just because you like creating stuff? Basically, um, I went to art school back up. Uh, didn't go to business school, uh, just kind of always had a knack for selling and um, had an opportunity to work in the family business, which was in the container industry, uh, drums and barrels, 55 gallon drums. It was all wholesale. It was all boring, <laughs> good money, salary. But And that's um, your first business? Yeah, that was, well, that was a job. So it was like not fulfilling. Um, so I started thinking about um, branding myself and, and creating my own, my own LLC. Yeah. Making your own piece, man. Yeah. So that was, you know, three years ago, um, actually, uh, I started my own company and, uh, no looking back. I've been making my own way. Is it now? I know a lot of people say like, Oh, like, cause I think we think in this old mentality, at least a lot of like my, my parents, your probably parents probably think in the mentality of like owning a business. It's hard to do. You might as well get a job. It's a nine to five playing it safe. But it seems like in the world right now, there is no room for playing it safe. The whole factor is it's taking that risk, not having a job, you know, starting up your own business. It's starting to increase more and more and more now. We're seeing so many people that are working from home, creating their own products. And I start to wonder, is that just because we've been so suppressed that creativity is just so big now? You know, I do think you really are onto something there. Uh, yeah. So I'm a creative person. I actually, you know, I said I went to art school. I, I got a scholarship for painting. I ended up doing film. And then what that taught me was how to brand myself and sell myself as a company. And um, I went to Chicago. So it was flourishing with awesome ideas and creativity. Uh, advertising industries got a pretty good seat there. So I was surrounded and immersed in that. But when I came back here to Detroit, even though the city is coming back really hard, I felt a really big lack of that. And um, I kind of, in a way, to my benefit, stood out because of that. So um, I feel, I feel you're right because in the after the recession, maybe in the last decade, we were coming back. I feel like creativity was suppressed to a point where the Rain Barrel Company, for example, was really ten years ago when the brand was invented, was really powerful, and then something happened where the green, being green, being sustainable, you know kind of fell out of style so um you know i poured more went into the company and now it's 
caught on like wildfire and they're selling, you know, I'm on Amazon selling all over the country um, at a, you know, double the price point we entered at and we're, you know, making, making moves where, you know, I didn't really think it was viable at one point. I was, I was nervous. I was like, wow, is this going to work? My parents are still asking me. They're like, can you make a living off this? Are you actually, <laughs> you know, like you said, like the older generation, you know, and you got to take risks. When you start being an entrepreneur though, like that's probably one of the biggest downsides is just when you start your own business, you never know where it's going to go. I mean, I can kind of relate it a little bit to just a podcast in general. I mean, I've been doing this like my second year and there are times I'm like, what's like, it's, it's not, it's not going anywhere. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, you, you feel like you hit a wall, you feel like you hit something. And I'm just like, I, I never wanted to turn it into a business, obviously. I mean, that would be awesome if I could do this just for a living. I'm pretty sure like every other podcaster just wants to get paid for talking. But when it comes to starting your own business, there's that point you get in your life where you're like, I don't want to fucking do this anymore. And I want to do my own thing. Yeah. And I get that all the time. I mean, I thought I was going to be the person that's working the nine to five lifestyle every single day, you know, doing that. And after a while, you're like, what is this getting me? Like, I'm going to in 40 years from now, I'm going to yeah it's the same place maybe making way more money but it's like i'm not gonna have anything that's mine that i built from the ground up it's like literally when you have a kid and you watch a kid grow it's that feeling because you're like holy shit my business is actually making its own stuff now i don't have to put so much more money into it but that's a yeah. problem for a lot of people because you know it takes a lot of entrepreneurs to get to a point of losing a job or having something happen in their life or getting hit with an idea where they have to risk it all and see where it goes and a lot of times it doesn't pay off but we're in a world now where social media everything that we have our devices all these things are it's so easy all the options and available things are there for you to be able to you know you can fucking amazon two day ship anything to your house i mean if you're going to make a product like crazy yeah. And that's, again, like what I've learned, like in the last three years, uh, it, it, it took, I'm not going to lie. You just hit the nail on the head, man. I was literally uh, on unemployment and had, uh, you know, do I go get a job? And I, I tried to get a job and I was like first in line to some company to get like a head sales position and it fell through and I had, you know, savings. So I decided to open my own business and all right there sorry i had a call come in but i just declined it so we're we're saying what i'm saying is that it did take that it took being at the bottom to realize that i want to bet on myself um i want to put some skin in the game i want to see what i can do um and, and it was scary scary as hell man it still is it honestly it's uh you know i have two daughters um i was a young parent that also i guess too uh like you were saying watching a kid grow literally <laughs> hello hella good motivation there um you know it's not everyone's path but you know it's mine we're living in like a nine-to-five lifestyle but people aren't nine-to-five anymore and we've totally i never shifted. could adapt to that yeah. lifestyle never i was always getting i was late i was fired from every job i ever had i was never intended to be an employee um yeah, I like I, I try my hardest at everywhere I work and like I, you know you know if I get fired from something which I've only it's only happened like once and, mm -hmm. and those moments though like you feel like the place that you you know you lost you feel like you're worthless a little bit you know what I mean there's I feel like you don't fit in like a puzzle piece that just doesn't go anywhere from like a different puzzle oh yeah that's a good and analogy it, it makes it complicated because that sometimes people say that the best option was for you to leave that place was for you to do this and it's like 
yeah, but it was the one place where I was like, I had a routine. I was comfortable. I had all this type of <laughs> stuff. And it's like, shit, well, guess what? Someone just ripped the carpet out from under your feet. And now you got to go after something. You know, yeah. you got you to figure out if you want to go get another job, if you want to build yourself up, or if you just want to keep doing the same shit over and over again and get nowhere. We call that the, the safety net. So once your safety net is gone, you're fully out there. Um, you know, it's uh, sink or swim. You're, you're either, you know, you're either going to sink or you're going to swim. There's really no in between. You're not just going to, you know, maybe those jobs you're kind of just floating by. That's kind of how I, people feel for a long time, I think. I felt for a long time I was just floating by when I had that job. I wasn't fulfilled. Um, I'm, you know, way more on a roller coaster right now. But, um, you know, it's it's taking me places. It's it's networking. Um, I'm doing things that my my strengths. I feel more on a daily basis. I feel more alive. And um, the last three years have been wonderful. They've been terrible. They've been everything. And uh, you know, I wouldn't change it. Being an entrepreneur is in my DNA. How did exactly did you switch it to coffee though? How did you pick that? Anything? <laughs> That's a good question. You know what? So I'm a very passionate person. Um, you know, I, I spend a lot of time skateboarding. I spend a lot of time, um, you know, out of the office. I, I, I work remotely. Um, one of the places I work from are coffee shops and I always have, you know, you I, were a barista? I done, but no. So one of my best friends is, um, did he so, but I do know the name, I, right? But yes. And he is the other half of pop coffee. So, um, you know, I know that your listeners can't see the bag, but so that's us. And, uh, so my buddy, Jordan Westcott is, uh, the other half of pop coffee. And we met three years ago and I, you know, for the last decade, been in and out of coffee shops, working on, you know, everything, uh, some of my best work, uh, websites built and, you know, deals made were in coffee shops across the country too for traveling. So I, you know, I'm, I'm the aficionado, uh, connoisseur coffee guy, marketing and uh, business brains behind the operation. While my other half, Jordan, he handles roasting. He's actually your age. He's 22 and he is a genius roaster. Um, I don't know how he kind of fell into roasting coffee, but he has a knack for it. He's talented. And, um, I could see for once I wanted to invest in somebody else instead of myself, like I told you before, you know, investing in myself was one of the best things I ever did, but that led me to the opportunity to be able to invest in someone else who's really talented, who maybe been, yeah, not the short end of the stick, but like, you know, missed an opportunity roasting for this company and missed another one roasting for that company and, and really wants to roast. You can just see it in it, you know? Yeah. So I came to him one day and asked if he wanted to start a coffee company and said, no, he shot me down. <laughs> it was six months ago and then i asked him again and it was the right time and he said hell yeah and we ordered the coffee and that was we know looking back and we've been getting rave reviews i've been collaborating i think that's kind of how we stumbled across each other sending coffee across the country to other roasters friends family locally um drinking some right now but even if you're marketing you're handling the marketing aspect of pop coffee where all right so did you create the name for pop coffee Actually, that's a great question. So POP stands for pour over perfection, P-O-P. Okay. I figured so it was like our, the sound you make when your coffee turns on. It just makes that pop noise. You're like, oh, It shit. does pop. <laughs> the word pop, it's a, it's a keyword. It's a hot word. I don't know, you know, any way you want to put it, uh, there's that. But we had to be a little careful. There are a few other pop coffee co or whatever. We're pop coffee roasters. The roasters makes it sound more professional. I like it. 
and we're focusing on custom roasting and e-commerce um, with my experience bringing that over um, in the e-commerce realm uh, instead of we're not opening a coffee shop yet but that's not like our path our path is actually to help you at home perfect the perfect pour over um, quote unquote so what we'll be doing is developing a pour over kit a welcome kit for people to get rid of the stigma of third wave coffee shops, uh, you know, help you be more in the know about ordering pour overs when you are in the coffee shops, as well as being able to make that pour over magic happen at home. And have a good, nice specialty brew at home as well, too. When you have the ability exactly. to do it yourself, you enjoy it a little bit more too. It tastes a little bit richer. Me, a coffee guy, obviously I drink, I drink coffee all day. So it's like, it doesn't matter if it's Folgers. It doesn't matter if it's this. I'm not into Starbucks. I used to be when I very first started drinking coffee back in high school, but that's a milkshake now. You want to talk about a coffee stigma. If you want a milkshake or something, you go to Starbucks. But So the sugary uh, coffee shops, like uh, I'd say Big B's also in that realm. They're, they're, no offense, Big B, but I they're mean, Michigan brand. <laughs> I get it. I mean, I like my coffee not to taste like coffee. I'll pour a little bit of syrup or something inside of it. But when it comes to something like I, having a nice coffee brew, I never really understood specialty coffee until recently when you get okay. like a nice maybe like 15 bucks for a small bag of coffee is a lot of money. But oh, when, yeah. you, when you pour it in and then, you know, you're getting it and you, you're able to drink it straight out of the pot without adding anything into it that is pretty damn awesome yeah, that's what i'm doing right now this was a single cup pour over i made um i measured the beans 10 grams of beans in this you know i know how much water was in it i know what temperature the water was i know exactly scientifically how to make magic happen every time and i want to help people do that i don't i might be ocd about you know my you know coffee um but that's just from experience um, but people ask me, people, you know, even before I started doing this, people were, you know, they recognized, and I did actually, I guess to back up, I have an, a business that I don't really need to discuss here, but it's a wine business. Uh, so I was working in the barrels and stuff in the wine industry, and they're also really picky. So I started to like kind of get a palate um, for wine, but personally, I don't want to be drinking alcohol as part of my job. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, so coffee um, with my other. Thing that I guess I have a good palate and I was always told that I could pick up you know I was really good at talking to the baristas and so what do you usually notice when you drink a coffee what's the first thing it seems like everyone kind of like they get hit with that that hit with that sugar rush when they walk into Starbucks <laughs> honestly if you want to talk about nah, stigmas yeah. with a coffee shop the stigma mm -hmm. would have to probably be the fact that it's not really comfortable I know always people talk about like comedians or actors and I know people that write and they'll sit down in a coffee shop because it does put you in that ambiance to write. But also well, there's, there's a background noise. Yeah. Yeah. But know, there's the, there's people freaking on their Bluetooth. There's people just doing, you know, whatever. 2020 coffee shop. <laughs> yeah. It's not fun. It's not engageable. You know what I mean? It's not something that is fun to sit in line and wait. And then you're sitting there like, can I get a, a triple Fritz Bravo cappuccino with an espresso pump. And they're like, what else do you want? You're like, what do you mean? What else do I want? They're like, what else do you want? We have biscuits. Would you like a Michael Jackson CD? I'm like, well, <laughs> shit, I don't know. Can I order like a blanket? I love how you put that. Um, that's so right. Um, and that's what we're trying to help people feel a little less awkward about, I guess. And thus we'll be doing our own uh, YouTube and, and podcast down the line here with information on different um, extraction methods, um, a section called barista horror stories, where we interview different baristas about some of the crazy shit they deal with. 
also i really think that you're right when when you walk in there starbucks makes it really it's a mouthful like not even with my the only thing i order at starbucks is a vanilla latte but it's can I have a grande vanilla latte you know and you know with an extra shot and you know what else you got all this food one of my favorite coffee shops here all they serve is cheesecake and coffee like it's called dessert oasis shout out but that's a cool model they changed you know they're like we're not going to do sandwiches you know let's make it simpler so i think people are starting to realize that it's really annoying what do you order what do you what do you typically try and put into your coffee to make it different from all the others now we can talk about marketing (laughs) we try to make it authentic is a less gimmick the better well, let's talk about a little bit on the marketing side, since you handle more of the look of it, you know, the more of the aesthetic appeal to it. Do you notice mm-hmm. that when it comes to advertising, when you're selling a product, the main thing stands out about it is what it looks like, what grabs people's attention, such as like a hot sauce company will put on like the flaming black death and they'll have skulls all over it. Where it's like, oh, this looks hot. Yeah. And then you'll try yeah. it. And then when it comes to a coffee, though, we got like, see, that's the thing. You got to back it up with coffee. It's, yeah, it's, the more it's basic, like the better. Too. Yeah. So we went with um, our debut blend of the Columbia organic uh, blend, or not a blend, but it's a Columbia um, that's from the region to Lima. So we're doing all single origins, um, but I wanted to make it and our mission to make a really well-rounded coffee. So you can make ours into cold brew, you can make this Columbia into any type, you know, whether you want to do a French press, pour over, Chemex, um, just a drip, whatever. You can probably, you know, I've actually, we've done espresso out of it. It, It's perfect. you got to know what you're doing and so we just we're on a path to you know your average joe likes our coffee but also the kind of store so that's kind of where we came in trying to not make it too fancy the price point is a little high um marketing wise you know i did go um say you know i know packaging because of my background with the rain barrel company you kept it blank and that's probably one of the most things that's going to attract someone to your thing which is a good idea because if you have a name like pop coffee first of all the name is everything i know Mm -hmm. People like, oh, yeah. I know it means like pour over, you know, perfection. It doesn't matter when you shorten it like that. They hear the word pop. They're going to think what I thought when it's like pop to the coffee, like pop right in your brain. You know, it's all about, plant, you know, marketing is a lot about getting in people's heads. <laughs> and then and, having like kind of the basic black bag, it's not too flashy. I mean, I know some of the best coffee brands. There's one I ordered from Japan that you couldn't mm-hmm. even read the label. I couldn't tell you what it was. I could tell you right. the symbols that they look like. I could draw them out. But it was just came in a black and then the lettering was in red. And I was like, well, this is going to be good. Dude, the amount it's of intriguing. caffeine that's in that is 800 milligrams, I think, but between each, I think, cup. So wow. it's like it's like drinking jet fuel. It definitely smells like the house <laughs> is on fire when you brew it up. But I mean, it's good. Like I'm an ADHD guy, so I don't have okay. caffeine doesn't hit me like that. I drink coffee for the taste. And mostly because it's warm. I mean, it's like 30 degrees outside. I'm like, yeah, all right. I want something that's going to warm me up, not freeze me down. That's right. No, I understand here. Uh, Same. So I I, I drink coffee. I'm not ADD that bad, but um, I can, if I drink too much coffee, I kind of get that way. You can't shut me up. Um, Right now I'm only on my third little cup. So I, I think I've had a pot. And I went right to bed afterwards, and then I woke up, and that's when we got into the meeting. You know, let's talk about that for a second. Coffee naps are really cool. So, I actually, you can look this up. You can Google this. This is Everybody. like lucid dreaming? What are we talking about here? <laughs> yeah. So, apparently, if you drink a single cup of coffee, and you immediately take a nap for a half hour, and then wake up, you'll be actually more awake 
because that caffeine hits your bloodstream in your sleep. And then when you wake up, you're more awake than if you had just drank that cup of coffee alone. It's a way to make your coffee even work for you more if you can afford to drink a cup of coffee in the morning and then fall back asleep for a half hour. Call coffee nap. I must be healthy as shit with all the coffee naps I take. I remember me and my cousin used to have this. <laughs> it's a piece. thing, yeah. He used to live with um, me, and we used to have this thing over the summer. It was like he gets home from like bartending and stuff at like one o'clock in the morning. So he just brew up a full batch of coffee or something. I'm always up getting up at like 2 a.m. to go work out or something. So we're basically playing coffee tag. You know, there's always someone brewing coffee. We just go downstairs, grab a pot. It was constantly me and him were drinking coffee like crazy. And we just take naps right afterwards. Like my, my mom would be like, I don't know how you guys do it. Like if I drink a coffee, like I'm up all day. I only can have one in the morning. And me and him are just like, we drink a pot, go right to bed right afterwards. And that's a good point. It hits everyone different. It hits mom different than, than you and me, you know? So who are you targeting with your audience then? Well, that's again, why we tried to make a well-rounded one. You know, it's not like too heavy on the caffeine, um, but down the road, we're going to be doing, I think about three or four at a time. Um, just, you know, launching the business about in the last, I think I started about not six, not even six months. We've been doing this for like five months. No. Do, you, do you just have the basic like um brand like one flavor you don't really have any other yeah types? like right now yeah we're doing the columbia um you know we got a lot of it so um but we we Shoot picked the right one your ideas. yeah <clears throat> for different uh types of coffee we're yeah you gotta you gotta you gotta figure out yeah. the audience man even though like this one's just the start you should be oh, you yeah. should be thinking about like all right we gotta give make sure we got grandma who has a heart condition she has a pacemaker so let's make sure we're giving her a low brand version of it just to make sure she's not wired all night. <laughs> yeah, so I guess what ours is kind of so we're so with coffee, there's you know, you know, your light, your medium, and your dark roast, really. You know, there's French roast, there's full city, there's espresso roast, blah blah blah. But um light roasts actually have more caffeine in them. Just so you know, light doesn't mean less caffeine, it means more because the more you roast your coffee, the more caffeine you roast out of it. So decaf is heavily roasted and comes from a separate bean. So eventually we'll have a decaf grandma um that's for sure but you have to buy a whole separate lot of decaf beans green raw beans and then you have to roast them a specific way to make it decaf um so it's a process and there's still a trace amount of caffeine in decaf everybody just yeah so it's know. a small amount but i can <laughs> it's weird though because you can tell the caffeine difference because if you drink a regular coffee there's something when you drink it it makes your stomach a little bit like I guess more I bloated a little bit. It's like it's a little bit harder on the stomach. But if you drink a nice decaf coffee, it's so much smoother. Well, yeah, there is a certain amount of like, you know, you're feeling caffeine, you know, through your stomach, uh, you know, absorption through your intestine or whatever. But I also think some of that has to do with the acidity of your coffee. And so ours is a very low, almost no acidity type of coffee that's like I was telling you, really well rounded. So um basically that's one of the musts that i was very persistent about with jordan we have to roast this so that it's you know i'm drinking black coffee only you know our coffee drinks smooth it doesn't give you any bloating feeling it hits your palate um effortlessly and uh that's basically what no matter what origin we choose is what is the must um you know if, if the coffee doesn't drink that way then then i'm not selling it that's what i told him how do you get a coffee like that though? Do you just choose it on the basis of the bean? It, okay, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> you can, 
you can roll a turd in gold flakes and it's still a turd. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, yes, at the end result, I have a lot to do with sourcing and picking that were the beans, specifically researching that. Um, eventually, I hope to be able to do um, origin trips where we go and travel and to farms in different coffee regions closer to the equator. Coffee only grows close to the equator in higher elevations. So um, that's why it's, you know, a process getting it to the Americas, you know. Yeah, and there's a specific line named after it. Yeah. It's called so the I'm coffee trying, belt. The coffee belt. The belt. Yep. I'm basically trying to, you know, I get involved in that side of it, but the magic as far as the roasting, I, that's not my department. So um, I don't know exactly the scientific, scientific. I stand right not by the side when we roast, you know, and I'm, I guess, more like learning. Uh, but he is, he's a magician. You know, I tell him he's a genius. He's, he knows he's got the knack for it. You know, you're talented. And, you know, I'm talking to roasters who are 40, 50 years old. And they're just like this 22 year old kid is just killing it. I don't know what to say. And I'm like, that's my partner. <laughs> well, even when so. you decide to branch off and do your own thing, like, you know make a product like coffee usually you have a bad experience behind it so what's your worst coffee experience oh yeah i've had the occasional one like walking into starbucks or something somebody's on a bluetooth i'll rip it out of your ear but my cousin this is where i learned that coffee beans really can mess up a fucking filter mm -hmm. um he brewed you know he dumped like a shit like almost half a pot or whatever of just coffee in a filter and then he puts the thing in and he starts brewing it. And I'm, I'm, I'm smelling it. I'm like, it smells like diesel fuel or something. So I go down and grab a cup. I put it in mine. And I, as soon as I take a sip of it, nothing but coffee grounds. I'm like, yeah, you ruined it. And we figured out that the amount of beans that you put into the filter, you got to make sure like it depends on the coffee brand. If it's a harder, if it's a harder darker roast, you got to use less than you got to use if you use a lighter roast. And the grind, the coarseness of your grind. So these are things that we are going to discuss to help people understand because, you know, it's trial by error and you waste a lot of coffee and you have a lot of bad pots and some people don't want to waste them and they end up drinking them. You know, or, you know, I was... I was over at my friend's house and she likes to uh, do the French press. And it, it was, you know, I, I, I can't do that with, all, I, personally, I don't like that at the bottom. All I use paper filters. I know that as a sustain, running one sustainable company and then running a coffee business, but preferring paper filters is kind of weird to me. However, they don't let any sediment through, you know, it, all the reusable filters, they just don't work. So that's one of actually the reasons why I love pour overs and Chemex in general are my favorite extraction methods. Um, I, I don't know why I just, I got really sick of reusable filters. You know, now they got the ones that are like copper and you'll never have to buy another filter. Yeah. I got a washable one, but even that's a pain in the ass. That's what I'm saying. So, you know, whether it's a Keurig, which I also don't like for other reasons, but one of them is, uh, you know, not waste for the K cups that they create, but also, you know, the, the paper filters are biodegradable. Plus where like fifty fucking isn't. dollars a K cup, man. Yeah, you're spending so much money you don't need to. With the fifteen dollar bag of artisan coffee and the right knowledge, you're gonna actually be spending a lot less than Keurigs. You know, uh, I actually have my lawyer. Uh, shout out to Zupac Law. Uh, he sells our coffee. They have a yoga studio in the basement of their law offices. It's really cool. Um, so they have a kitchen there where we'll be doing our YouTube show and now they sell our coffee. And he had a big Keurig right there when we walked in. I was like, dude, if you want to collaborate with me, this has to go. 
And he's like, no, it's so easy. Everybody loves it. Blah, blah. I'm like, nobody loves it. It's okay. <laughs> it's simple in the effect that anywhere you go, like if you're going to a car place, they'll have a Keurig machine out because you can just That's take that little cup and room, put yeah. it there. But it's when you're, if you're at home, yeah, I get it. You know, put it in and it'll brew it for you. But the only thing I could use a Keurig for was to make ramen. Figured out that was a really simple way to make ramen. So that's, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, how, you know, and I ate a lot of ramen. <laughs> so interesting. Basically, he got rid of it, actually. Um, it took about two days because I showed him how to make a pour over. And the next thing you know, he bought a Chemex so he can make, you know, for a group of people. You know, and it's more personal. You know, you're you're making someone a cup, cup of coffee instead of a robot just putting on some brown gunk. <laughs> so well, I think one of the biggest problems mm -hmm. in the coffee industry in general is how it does get a rep for something that you know to brew it up quick. You know, I don't know how many times I used to wake up to my, yeah, my grandfather freaking brewing coffee at four o'clock in the morning before he went to his shift at the hospital. He would put everything in, you know, get everything set up, hit the uh, start button. The next thing you know, he's walking around the house doing stuff, getting ready. And by the time he goes, grabs just a straight cup, black. That's how, that's how I first drank it was like that. Yeah. And, um, I started figuring out things to put in it that makes it taste a little bit like not like coffee. Yeah. But there's a point to going too extreme with it, too. Um, if you start dumping too, way too much in there, which I'm a fault at times for doing myself. If I brew a really hard coffee, I don't, I'm like, damn, this tastes really, really like overpowered with just black coffee. So I'm like, let me dump a little bit of caramel. So that's the roast too. In there. Yeah. That, those got to be darker roasts, which, okay. So actually this brings up something I wanted to, to mention is that our thing, what sets us apart. So we're going to empower our customers through education, different extraction me methods, all of the stuff we've discussed. However, the light roast, the medium roast and the dark roast. So we're not, so dark roasts sell. They're easier to standardize and they sell well. The They're cheap as shit too, compared to everything That's else. Because you can kind of just throw beans that might not be perfect in there and kind of make them taste that way. That's what you're tasting. So we're not doing that. That, that so what we're doing is we're focusing on medium only, um, but, but bringing over some uh, knowledge I had from that wine industry experiences in, in the years working in that industry they do this thing with the barrels where they toast them the different levels they do a medium and a medium plus so i decided we're not going to do dark we're not going to do light we're going to do like medium light medium and medium plus as our three tiers of roast levels so we're going to get more accurate in the medium range so that they'll all be low acidity low bitterness no bitterness um, easy drinking, easy on the stomach, no bloating like that or anything. Um, no gross, gritty coffee taste like that. It's dark. Um, just maybe one that's slightly darker than medium, one that's slightly lighter than medium, but they're going to be a much finer grading there. Um, there's going to be a tangible difference. Yes. There'll be enough of a difference that you'll see it on the beans, you know, and if you drank our, our regular house, let's call it, uh, or our Columbia, let's call it for now. Then, you know, from there, you know, like, we'll make sure that, you know, the next, there'll be a rating system, but it's going to be much more unique, I guess, uh, in coffee. It's something that hasn't really been done. And uh, that, you know, to me, will help people mentally, like, understand, like, that they want medium roasts, even if they have a little bit of a preference for a slightly darker or slightly lighter medium. It's not like ordering a French roast or an Italian roast or full city because those are darker and those are going to kind of have that. To me, it's gross. 
Yeah, well, even going through all the research and stuff, like how do you come across it? Are you just looking up facts about coffee? Are you going out and experiencing different coffee shops? I mean, you know, if you you see the problem here when we start talking about this is the fact is there's always going to be the main coffee brand. Starbucks solidified it, even though they're now turning into a fucking milkshake place. But right. the fact is <laughs> Folgers, Maxwell House, all these giant yep. brands, coffees that crank it out so bad and it's cheap and it's affordable, makes it a little harder when you're trying to start a coffee business because it's like, fuck, I have a better product, but you won't buy it because it, the name's not that known, you know? Yeah. And no, and that's the thing. And it's not even with the name. It's also the product, too, because it's uh, it's a niche product. You're trying to cater to a niche uh, group of people. But see, that's where it's expanding. And that's why it's a great time for pop coffee to have got got involved because uh, the knowledge is power. So I basically, you know, like I said, want to empower through education and with the with both my businesses, that's like something I realized that, you know, people were willing, you know, to pay, they're going to pay for coffee either way. They're going to buy your pro a product either way. But if you give them a little bit of information with that purchase, then it's like added value and people really respond well to that. And then they actually like repeat, they become repeat buyers. Plus, when you create a more relatable experience with your audience, too. I don't know how many coffee shops or, you know, when you have that personal connection with someone, you, even when you own a business. I know so many people that will send you, like, sauces. They'll send you food. They'll send you items from their shops. That's why food trucks do so well because, you know, they're connected with the people that they're feeding. That's right. You know, making that connection. Um, my grandfather, who um, was an entrepreneur as well, he uh, always said buying is a habit, you know. Plain and simple. Buying is a habit. So at least with coffee, people are addicted to caffeine. <laughs> but uh, no, I think that people can get their caffeine anywhere. You know, that's not what keeps people coming back. Um, it's not the packaging solely. And it's not the even the information solely, but it is the product. I mean, you do need to stick to the core product no matter what your uh, business is. You know, you brought me, up a good point, though. You brought up point, mm -hmm. you know, caffeine, that whole thing. Coffee is always going to be needed. But the fact is, we're living in a world now. Where do you see that kind of ending up with the fact that everyone's trying to live this healthy lifestyle? It's oh, It's been supported that coffee is supposed to be beneficial, has many metabolic effects, you know, speeding up your metabolism, waking you up, yeah. helping you get your start of the day. A lot of that is very, very small evidence. It's not exactly true, but it's enough that you can be like, okay, that makes sense. You know, there's not a whole lot of studies done behind that. But when it goes to the fact of now we're seeing things that are coming up with now we're living in a more health crisis area because people have been treating them, their bodies like shit for so long that right. they're starting to develop certain diseases and that's becoming more prominent now, such as diabetes and all these things. Oh yeah. Coffee affects so many different things when it comes to that aspect, such as acid reflux, such as um, digestive issues, such as, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a stimulant, but that's like that with any stimulants. Why smoking is getting looked at again. It's why so many different things are getting changed. It's just kind of a fear for you only with trying to sell a specialty brew coffee. Yeah. So, you know, that's as of someone who lives a healthy lifestyle, um, who used to not be the healthiest. Um, you know, I spent a lot of my, my twenties partying. Um, I'm 32 now. Uh, so I, you know, was a little worried about that but honestly now that i live a very healthy lifestyle and how coffee fits into that i guess is what i'm trying to say it it can 
if you're, it's like anything else. If you're sourcing pop coffee or someone comparable to us uh, that, that, that takes time and dedication to their craft, you're going to be drinking superior beans. You're going to be drinking, you know, handcrafted coffee, um, which a lot of people, I don't know, like you're putting it in your body. You know, it's like, you know, I quit smoking cigarettes um, on and off. You know, it's, been, it's a hard thing to do, but I've finally done it. But, you know, well, it's, it's, with the, you know, now we got vapes, you know, people are, you know, is a vape healthier than smoking? People are still debating it. You know, we don't know. It's about balance. It's about moderation. Is what I'm, I guess. The thing is, nothing is healthy for you. Sadly, everyone likes to think that, oh, if I eat a cucumber, you can go, okay, well, I've known so many cases now where people are talking about like eating celery helps you lose weight. It's going to make you healthier. Okay. Well, there's about probably a few hundred people in the world that have probably died on a stick of celery. But <laughs> when it comes to the factor is like, you want to look at coffee. Um, it is beneficial. I mean, every workout page, anything that wants to give you inspiration, what's the first thing they suggest 20 minutes before a workout? They suggest the coffee. Okay, then what's the difference of that between energy? I love the, the post-workout coffee too, man. I don't yeah. know. It's weird. Uh, I, I don't know. It did it yesterday. I worked out and then I grabbed a coffee and um, at actually uh, got forsaken Starbucks, but um, I got a grande vanilla latte, <laughs> you know? However, it was the only coffee shop in like 20 miles from where I was working out. So I even guiltily will, will, will go to the bucks. Um, I think all of us do. Well, we're all trying to figure it out in this world, man. It, the fact, the factor is there's so many different things and each person is uniquely different. I could tell you that me drinking a coffee or a giant pot of coffee for just for breakfast or something wouldn't hurt me, but for someone else, that's going to be too harsh on them or they could experience severe stomach issues. They could be in a severe amount of pain. But then we look at so many different things that are different. It's all unique to that person's genetics, everything that goes down to the play of it. So what's healthy is what works for you. You know, obviously it's not good to eat fast food every single day, but I can tell you from a workout perspective, there are times I would go in and on a workout. Coffee is a stimulant for it. Coffee helps wakes me up before I go. It helps get your, you know, get the brain juices flowing, get your heart pumping, get the blood flowing. Um, you know, coffee has a lot of, you know, tea. I drink tea as well. Um, I think we might eventually do that. Uh, that's what it's breaking off into. You're seeing yeah. a lot of people fighting with the coffee and the tea aspect. A bunch of people are like, well, coffee's so, so high stimulant for you. Why don't you drink a nice herbal chamomile tea? I'm like, and there's some teas that jack you up too, though. Like people there are fucking teas. Tea honestly, in my opinion, tea is terrible unless it's cold. I don't like a hot tea. I don't like a hot green tea. I try to do it for like, oh, apparently there's health benefits. If you have a tea instead of coffee. And I tried it. I was like, I'd rather just stick to a coffee, something that's going to put hair on my peaches. You know what I mean? You know. Yeah. No, you know, it's tried and true. So coffee's been around, I want to say, the last 500 years or so, if I remember. And tea, I mean, tea is ancient in a lot of ways. You know, so I think neither is going, you know. And some people, rumored, coffee is, you know, because of health reasons, like you were saying, is it healthy? Isn't, you know, it is, it isn't. I mean, shit, I think that in uh, California, they tried to say that like, because of the pesticides now, that's a whole issue with, you know, products from vape cartridges to, you know, coffee to food at the grocery store, you're talking about pesticides in it. And you want to you, you know the thing I give people that say vapes are bad, especially mm -hmm. of older age that are talking about all this stuff. I always go, you grew up in like the the seventies, right? And like this the eighties kind of with that punk rock era. And they're like, Yeah, like I went to these concerts all the time. I went to go see Skinner, I went to go see Aerosmith, and I'm like, Okay, well, you know what you were spraying on your head 
a whole entire can of it all in one day, that's that's hairspray. And guess what? You know what that used to cause? Sticky lungs. So come at me. <laughs> yeah. No, they. I read a book recently about um, Flint's water crisis. Um, you know, water conservation is really important to me, um, running a rain barrel company. So, but they were talking about lead in gasoline. And you know how it says unleaded gasoline? That was only taken, lead was taken out of gas. It was still in gasoline until 1998. I did not know that. Yeah, it, there's naturally, lead is not naturally occurring in gasoline. It was added by, uh, you know, big corporations to stop that knocking noise uh, in the engine in like the 60s, I believe. So every gas station attendant from the 60s until like the early 2000s was exposed to heavy amounts of lead, causing like irreparable DNA damage to their genetics and their children. And wow. their children's children. It doesn't it get out of your DNA. Brings up the thing of fracking too. See, when people like, yeah. I, I, I learned this about organic food. I started looking at organic food. It turns out they just have a small number of GMOs compared to the original food. It's not exactly GMO free. I kind of came to this conclusion because I went to my like local farmer's market and they had a, a, I swear to you, a three pound apple. I looked at that. I was like, there's no fucking apple in the world that grows like that. And I looked at it and it's like organic. And I'm like, what's really in this? I actually looked up the brand and went down into research and they actually use a thing inside of the plant when, um, they, they inject it with something or put some chemical or some pesticide on it that helps these you know, things grow bigger with some type of hormone. And I'm like, are you injecting it with bull testosterone? Like this thing is fucking huge, like the size of my fist. And they, they charge apples by the pound. So I paid like four bucks for a fucking apple. I'm like, oh my God. But when you, what you're putting into your body, it's much like with your car. I had the best advice from my bodybuilding manager at my gym. He goes, because I, I, I can't eat red meats well. I can't eat, you know, a lot of things that I haven't had. I've been eating clean for so long that if I eat like a steak, I won't go to the bathroom for like two or three days. Oh, so wow. I, was telling him, <laughs> I was telling him, I was like, dude, I ate a burger and it's like my first burger in a while. And, you know, it's good, but it's like, I, I can't go to the bathroom. It's been like a week. And he goes, Robbie, think of your car or think of your body like a car, like a Corvette. Mm -hmm. He goes, yeah. you've been feeding it such clean gas all the time. And then you just threw diesel into it. You know, it's not going to, it's not going to run well. It's not going to do right. But that's exactly what we got to look at with our bodies too. That's right. That's so crazy. when it comes to that whole aspect of it, how do you choose the correct bean? How did you come to the conclusion of what you were going to work with to make your coffee? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of it was what I don't like, I guess, as far as, you know, being a nerd, being a coffee nerd, um, and traveling to and you know going to shops and trying you know really uber expensive roasts that you know a lot of average coffee drinkers wouldn't um do having a palate um and just taking it slow when you're trying new beans not just slugging coffee but like absorbing it and i like to say absorbing it um understanding it when you drink it um it's a lifestyle so i took that knowledge and that diligence uh you know, started taking notes, started doing research, started trying different coffees, um, just really immersed myself in it, um, then decided, you know, what is something that appeals to the masses, um, you know, and I realized that basically what your, your favorite coffee in the world is, is Columbia. <laughs> so that's why we got that in into the debut one, because it'll appeal to someone who doesn't know a lot about coffee at the same time, you can do it really proper and appeal to 
the connoisseurs and the people who do know a lot about coffee. Um, it lets you bridge that gap. Um, organic because people concerned about their health and you're coming at it from more of a marketing aspect rather than, you know, you're trying to blend in with the common people hashtag blend with a coffee reference. But when it comes yeah. to you're trying to find someone that's w willing to take a new try into something else, but you're more about going on to the that's common right. ground to appease everybody. See, if you throw Columbia, you throw Arabica immediately on your coffee brand, everybody's going to be like, Oh, I know what that's like. I've had that before. And they're going to try it. And then it's going to be something different where they're like, Oh shit. This one is a little bit different than the usual Columbia or Arabica that I get. You're applying to that common ground that people already know what it is. They know what it tastes like, so they're not going to risk anything. Yeah. So you, you said a, a word there that, well, so Arabica is a strain of coffee base. So that's like 80% of all of the coffee in the world. So there's like, there's a coffee tree diagram out there if you Google that and it shows you all these Arabica beans, it's like a big family tree of coffee. And uh, most of the coffee that we know, almost all of it is Arabica, which is a, isn't really tell you a lot about where it's actually from, which is what separates, you know, Dunkin' Donuts, Tim Hortons, Folgers versus single origin third wave coffee. So that word actually is, uh, has a stigma on it, which it is well understood on one end, by your average consumer because like oh i know what that is but they don't really know what that is so that's kind of stuff that we're going to help uh explain and you know so the columbia is an arabica because everything pretty much in that coffee belt there is you know but there, you know there's some really weird ones that aren't that are you know totally funkier coffees we'll call them that aren't often brewed or sold because they're expensive and rare um, but that's, you know, like I said, not the majority and most people wouldn't even really understand any of this, but, um, <laughs> Columbia, like you're right. You hit the nail on the head with that was my marketing, you know, where I was coming from with the whole thing as an entrepreneur, I was like, well, I want, you know, I actually, right, for example, here, I was at the coffee shop right here, the red hook. Um, and they, you know, these construction where these dudes doing a rehab on one of these nice old houses here, downtown Detroit, you know. Uh, walked in and he's oh let me get that pour over and you know I'm gonna get this one and his buddy got a different one and like I could tell these guys knew nothing about coffee at all but they ordered pour overs and they paid four dollars for their pour over and waited in line and then as soon as he got it oh yeah you can just look at this and tell that it's better and I'm like it's a cup of coffee you can't look at it and tell anything it's brown liquid in a cup you know it's not so but but in his head he's been hearing you know maybe his son or his daughter or whatever his Instagram or Facebook, someone said, you got to try pour overs, you know, he didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to order. He was faking it until he makes it, which I can relate to. And a lot of us can, but I would love that guy. I would love to help that guy, is what I said. I would love to help that guy understand coffee more so that when he comes up to the front and orders, he doesn't waste his time, waste his money and feel so different even though he's dressed totally different with paint all over him and big steel-toed boots and everybody else in here is a hipster with you know airpods you know and laptop in, in you know listening to new order at the same point you know i want to be able to connect these people who might come from different worlds over a cup of coffee 
that's the kind of the whole point, like why I even started the podcast. I always lead it off with, it's just like two people having a coffee and deciding to chat, you know, because that's where real conversation totally. was that gets taken out when you look at a Starbucks. That's authentic. Look, yeah. It's not, you don't ever want to sit down and have a full on intimate conversation with someone over a coffee. When you're in a Starbucks, you can get that at home or you can, two people can sit down and, you know, talk about their day before it starts or, you know, what they plan on doing, what they're trying to accomplish, how their week's been. You know, I have many moments where it's like, Hey, just want to go downstairs and have a cup of coffee. It's like, yeah, let's enjoy a cup of coffee. And it's, it's a weird thing where it kind of like wakes you up, but it also helps you stay in tune with what's going on around you. And I, yeah, it's, I'd agree. it sure. makes it like, just with coffee in general, like, are you trying to turn this into a business? Are you trying to like, not like, I mean, yeah, by selling it, but are you going to own your own coffee shop where you can help somebody get that information and help someone choose what type of coffee? We've been talking about doing that. Um, that's like a longer term thing. I've, I've, I've been, I have a few friends who uh, work in you know, that's not where my, I'm not a background by a barista by background, but, um, and, but I am a business owner, you know, a brick and mortar is something that, you know, it's 2020. So it's like, kind of like not as essential as it once was now. Um, and, but we are like relocating my business, the location where we actually work from. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an idea, you know, opening a cafe has a lot of things that takes you away from, roasting though so i don't think it's something that we want to do until we really iron out um flesh out our roasting uh program so you know but if we go right now we use uh we use multiple different uh roasters from different coffee shops around here that we have connections with so we it's pretty awesome right now um but when we make a permanent we buy our own roaster um you know that's the kind of thing where you could put it in the back of a a coffee shop or something like that so if i had to ask you what's your slogan you got to have something catchy to bring in those people to get your coffee you got you got got the name got the look what about what's gonna what's that phrase what's that thing you know the sham wow's got you know wow or you know you know gordon ramsey you know just screaming at people he's known for that what is your coffee how are they going to catch and bring in the customer well it's pop coffee. It's gonna about. It's about I to think, pop off. That's what you got. Yeah, say. that's that's kind of where we're coming from with just naming it pop coffee. Like it's this shit's gonna pop. You know. Um, I guess I'll give you a little secret that because uh, of the skateboarding background, there was a company back in the day called Shorties, and it, their slogan was "This shit's got pop." And um, to me, as a skateboarder, when you pop an ollie or you pop your trick you're popping you know or like you're talking about going out just you know tonight it's about to pop you know it's gonna pop off there's pop art um we were you know it's like it so part of it was that that's why i named it that but it, the pour over perfection or the path to perfect the perfect pour over at home and debunk the third wave coffee shop stigma together i guess would be our mission statement so it gets technical but at its face value it's supposed to be fun now even working with your kind of partner in a way too, is this something it's more like starting a company with kind of like a, a friend in a way where it makes it fun. It makes it enjoyable. And you guys kind of bounce ideas off each other. You guys find that you have a good kind of flow. Oh yeah. So long story short, we were friends, uh, that I met him and he was my barista at a coffee shop, uh, in a different city that I live. Um, and then I moved and he happened to take a job 
uh, in downtown Detroit. So he's like my barista followed me and my friend came downtown. So we just started hanging out more and to the point where uh, I, I needed help with my other business, with my rain barrel, with the um, sustainable company I'm running. So we started working together, you know, where he was actually my employee. Uh, so, and he's still doing this. He still helps on both. So we kind of work together on both businesses, however, in different capacities. Um, and then we actually invested in the LLC for Pop Coffee 50-50, uh, 100% there. So like, that's a true collaboration there where uh, my rain barrel is, is solely me. So, um, and he, but he helps me with that, both um, one as an employee and one as my partner. So um, we do work together really well. Um, and you know, this is, I could tell that he wanted to live, you know, he doesn't want to live off tips forever. He doesn't want to, you know, Jordan's not trying to be a barista, but he doesn't want to own his own company. I think that's with a lot of people too, that decided to do a side business or someone that wants to do all the marketing behind it. And then you got someone that's more, wants to be involved with things as well. I think that combination is perfect. That, and it also helps that he is also a very you know, being a barista, you have to be in front of people a lot and you got to have some people skills. So he also is very good at the networking side of things where, you know, we both have some overlapping strengths that make us kind of a powerful duo. And I think that, um, you know, he does bring more to the table than, you know, I, I break it down. Like I do the marketing, he does the roasting, but like he does a lot of networking. I do a lot of networking. Um, but yeah, I do, I do the business, uh, more entrepreneurial side of it this is on the craft but um we're both invested in each side and it's a great synergy between you know i, I couldn't ask for a better partner overall would you say that you kind of branching off into this and doing this you, you know even maybe having a second thought on it do you still kind of feel like you got hope for this like you want to be able to it, it's just comfortable i think with a lot of entrepreneur people like after month one month two they expect immediate progress but you have the mindset much like myself where it's like it's going to be a slow burn. It's going to be something. That's just, it's a slow roast, we'll call it. <laughs> that's, yeah, no, it, it is. Um, uh, patience is key, you know, with all of this. You can't, you're not, no one owes you anything. Um, and you're only going to get what you put in. You're only going to get out what you put in, but you're not even guaranteed that. It's something that you have to, you have to love what you do, even on those days where it just completely sucks, and it, you know it's hopeless. It that's the roller coaster of being an entrepreneur, and um, knowing how to turn it off and knowing how to come home and not not necessarily you know be on your email all night. You know you're never gonna have like a a good relationship. You know you're gonna you know I guess that's one thing my father taught me that I, it's really good. He taught me that you need to learn how to like walk in the door and leave work behind you. And it's hard, um, you know, I'm sitting here at my kitchen table and my computer set up and like, I could work all night, but every night, but um, being a workaholic isn't cool, <laughs> but, but, but believing in yourself and going for it and, and, and being passionate about what you do is, so there's a fine line. You got to have fun and anything that's worth pursuing is never easy, I would say. You know, there are times I'd, I, I, you know, there's times I'd want to give up. There's times I don't want to do shit. But if you, once you push yourself to get through the door and keep on going with it, the benefit you get from that of overcoming something, whether it's in the gym, whether it's just in life in general, you know, you're going to see a way better burn off effect or after effect from it. That's right.
no, you're you're onto something there. That that attitude you got to keep, you know. That that kind of separates those who, you know, make things work, you know, and those who give up. Exactly. And I really appreciate you, Josh, for coming out and doing the podcast, man. I want to give you here a minute at the end to kind of promote your site, promote your Instagram, where people can find your coffee. Probably are going to hit you up for some samples if you're. If you're giving them out, people are going to want. It's like Sam's Club, you know, when they're giving out those fucking samples, you come around the corner after you eat one. If you're on our Facebook or our Instagram, Pop Coffee Roasters, uh, we're on both. Uh, you can just DM me uh, and, and we'll send samples out. That's that's a thing right now for sure that we're doing uh, for, you know, especially for shops, uh, you know, and businesses that want to maybe you know, eventually order more, but also on an individual level, just to home, you know, anyone just, just drop us your address. We'll send you out a sample bag. Um, for you, I totally want to get you plugged up. I want to get you some bags, get you on the top. Can you, can you wagon. change my <laughs> mind on, uh, the Folgers that I drink? Oh yeah. I think that you'll be, uh, I think that you'll be pleasantly surprised with how much, uh, your stomach will thank you. <laughs> um, also just so between, you know, just so you know, the pesticides, uh, uh, you know, with the organic versus non-organic, you'll notice a huge difference there too. Um, you know, and pesticides are like, they don't like, like, like that lead you were telling me, they might stay in you for a long time. They don't, you know, make a coffee out, so. that doesn't make me feel like my stomach's going to explode. Cause I have IBS. So when it comes to having a nice coffee, it's, it's, it's gotta be I right. I think you like the Columbia. Um, it's very gentle. I, I, I honestly, you know, I got my 68 year old, you know, dad and my you know honestly my 10 year old daughter likes it too let me tell you something you might have heard of bill cosby where he likes to be tucked into bed and read read to sleep basically that's the same thing i'm like i want a coffee that's gonna pick me up carry me to my bed lay me down and read me a nice bedtime story. <laughs> hey, i like how you put that that's really uh that's interesting so yeah, no, I, I honestly think that you will like it. I think everyone will. That was kind of our mission is like I said, we're trying to make, we're trying to bring people together. Coffee, like you said, I mean, how we're right here, right now, you and I virtually, uh, <laughs> but also in general, whether it's over, you know, a six cup Chemex and it's like, you know, an episode of Friends. I don't know if you noticed, they always had a Chemex right there. And they always um, sat in a coffee shop. Exactly. So whether it is on a one-to-one -one level or it's a group, um, we're trying to get people to dump the Keurigs and, and, and do pour overs and enjoy good coffee, enjoy the education that we're giving away for free. Um, you know, you're inspiring me right now to get off my ass and get my YouTube and podcast situation for pop going because that was like at the beginning of this, my background was with, with film school. So, you know, I, I put that on hold to do these brands and go into marketing more. And now I get to kind of bring it all full circle. And so, um, yeah, no, I'm really excited <clears throat> about where this is heading. Uh, you know, my rain barrel has been 10 years of uh, brand identity today or this next month will be our, yeah, we're going in our 10th year with that. So it was time to do a new business. I felt I was ready to kind of, move on in a way not move on but like grow uh, and well once you switch off into podcasting and doing the youtube series hit me up i'll be more than happy to give a review on some coffee oh yeah i would love to dude that's a for sure and b i'm just gonna also be hitting you up just to pick your brain because you can tell that you have a lot of uh 
lot of good ideas and uh, a, lot of- a lot of pain and deep-seated emotion <laughs> blounded out with the diesel fuel of coffee <laughs> that's where you know sometimes you need that motivation you need to have some pain in order to you need to be honestly until you're hungry you won't be an entrepreneur you know i actually have to probably start rethinking giving out my address so openly because i know we talked about you sending me coffee and i was like this guy's not going to send me coffee and then you hit me up with what's your address and what's your p.o box and i just tossed it out there without even (laughs) thinking and then i get so i get in the mail i get a package from josh here over at pop coffee roasters and (laughs) it's a little like envelope i'm like it says out of the blank on it i'm like i wonder what the mail person was thinking when they you know they read that and then um, I open it up and there's this note with a bag of coffee inside of it. Now, when we talk about people that actually do what they're going to say, Josh did what he said. And he sent me a, literally a thing of coffee. And it, it was so badass, too. The note was amazing. I appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> so a lot of people have been giving me their address <laughs> online. Uh, and so I've been thinking about this. Kind of funny. Uh, yeah, openly. People, uh, you know, I actually... And I'll tell all your listeners, we're basically, you know, trying to just get our name and get our, our, our ba- get these bags out there across the country. And they're all over now um, from coast to coast. But we're, um, you know, like our page, follow us, leave a comment, wave. I don't care. Facebook, Instagram, just, you know. Well, you're Something. doing you're doing one of the best things I think about a business is the fact that even when one's starting out, the biggest thing you want to rely on is probably social media, just because we're in a world now where social media, and which we've talked about, is just overcapsulating everything. I mean, oh, yeah. if you're really in touch with your you know customers, you're doing a lot of promotion stuff, you're doing a lot of giveaways, you're doing this type of stuff. Everybody wants free shit. I mean, that, yeah. that's why we give out our address so freely because we're so used to going to the store and they're like, what's your email address before you pay for this? It's like, why do you need my email? So I'm just buying grocery. Oh, we're not going to send you anything. We just need one on file. I'm like, wait, why do you need it? I don't know, but I'm going to give it to you. Yeah, no, and that's actually exactly what we're doing right now. We're giving away free bags of coffee. So anybody that just contacts us on social media, um, just send us your address. <laughs> do exactly what you're talking about and I will follow through and do exactly what I'm talking about which is send you coffee so that you can tell your friends and family and share a cup with them make a Chemex make a pour over make a French press whatever you love you know do your thing but you know show us some love online and we'll send you a bag of free coffee right now it's just you know happening right now for our debut uh, batch and we're also offering if you order 10% off you just put in one zero off, 10 off at checkout on our website. Well, you're, what you, I think you should probably be aiming towards, I'm going to throw this pitch at you, is trying to start maybe a blog. You know, that gives a little bit less of putting you in a hole when it comes to sending a lot of your stuff out. Mm-hmm. But it makes it more of an interaction so people can get really what I think people want is an interaction with the person that runs the business. Well, see, that's where this it, it's created that. So what because of this, uh, I've started, you know, messaging with people and, you know, everything. So anything to spark the conversation is where I'm, what, I guess, part of the strategy. That literally sounds like what I'm trying to do. Anything. to spark Yeah. The conversation. Well, I get so many times I'll message someone that owns a business and we know there's a person that owns the business. So 
what's why, why does it have to always go i'll have to talk to this or you can email us this business inquiries and all this shit it's like but what if i just want to speak to the guy or speak to whoever that works there and just have a conversation and they're like you can email this i'm like but i don't want to go through the whole email and a listing process and all this stuff i like the actual interaction you get that from a blog i started noticing it actually is making me want to start up my own yeah so i i've done a few in the past i kind of got more into the Facebook and the Instagram stuff and try to keep up with that with updates, um, kind of like a blog, but my, my history as an entrepreneur, uh, for the last decade, yeah, I did blogs for my other businesses. Um, haven't really got back on the horse right now. You know, we talked about the types of coffee, like what your style is too. the one where it's not too heavy and it's not too light, but it's that just right. And even if you yeah. do go into like the darker shades, it is mm -hmm. a still a little bit of the lighter one. So it's easier on your stomach. And I mean, just smelling the bag, usually when you get a thing of coffee and you smell it, it's pretty fucking strong, but this isn't that strong. It's very, very light, but it's very, very good. And I like to call it, say it's bright, but not too bright. Um, or it's also clean and versatile uh it's a you know there's it's a, so we're going for medium and medium plus roasts which is kind of a new terminology that we're yeah. throwing out there um you know we're trying to stay away from dark completely and um also avoid the word light even because we're not trying to make light roasts but we have there are lighter roasts of in shades of medium well you so. talked about the cleaner version of it too that's what you get when you smell this it's a natural scent you know how many times do you smell like a rose or a flower it's strong but it's not super strong and then you get like a candle that's rose or flower and it's so obnoxiously strong where you can literally feel the chemicals and shit this yeah. i smell this i'm like this is going to be really easy and simple on my stomach and i mean that's what i think a lot of people are really going to notice about <laughs> your coffee as well yeah, no, we've got a lot of good feedback about that exact thing. Um, you know, not bitter. Um, you know, goes down easy, and uh, people are people are loving it. I think you should definitely branch off and make another section to pop coffee roasters when it comes to this just original taste. But make mm -hmm. something with like like you were saying before, like a syrup. But make a syrup that's like for mm -hmm. a coffee. Oh, you know what I yeah, mean. No, I, I plan to do a bunch of different stuff. Uh, all ideas welcome right now. Um, I'm even thinking of an energy drink with uh, the cascara, that fruit on the outside of the bean. We're talking about coming up with uh, kind of like a pre-workout energy thing. <laughs> Not giving away too much info right now. It's That's perfect too, because a lot of people like cold brew, and this isn't. I mean, this That's, coffee that can't. Too. Yeah. This, this coffee can't really be made as a cold brew. It's got to be a hot because it's a bean. You gotta, you know, you gotta do it that. Well, you can make. Way. We've made cold brew. It makes cold brew as well. Um, Jordan knows more about that. Uh, he's, as well as our roaster, has uh, experience uh, in coffee shops as manager and barista. So he pretty much knows all the ifs, ands, and buts. So you're going to have to talk to him about the cold brew. I make it in the Pemex mostly. Uh, and V60 is my yeah, you, favorite. You make it Walter White style, like you're cooking meth on your <laughs> Yeah, well, no, that's the siphon. They have, they have ones that look a lot like the meth lab <laughs> from Breaking Bad. Uh, well, it's it's pretty simple. I just think a lot of people, they see that. Is. And the fact is, when they see that, they're like, oh, this is some science I can't get into. I'm like, it's actually really simple if you just took the – that's what I think you should be more aware for your people. You should let them know, like, hey, it's actually – That's actually, like, our main uh, goal. I'm actually 
after we're done here, uh, I'm supposed to go over to talk about what we're going to be hosting our show, doing a YouTube channel. Um, so we're going to have a little show. Um, so because you need the visual as well, I was just going to like do a podcast or do YouTube or do both. And I'm like, well, both is like a lot of undertaking, but I'm like, we need to like show people visually also how to make this coffee and the different things. So I think we're going to do a YouTube show and uh, that will talk about this. You're going to do it like a quick 15 minute or 20 minute one. Feel Shorter, like seven, yeah. 10 minute per episode, maybe. Just a quick process and the lowdown of everything that's going on. Yeah, well, when we come out with new stuff, reviewing other roasters, other equipment, uh, bringing, we have a section I'm developing called Barista Horror Stories, just crazy stuff from all the people we know. You know, we're going to have people um, kind of like what we're doing. We're, we collaborate with people, just a forum to talk coffee, you know? Yeah, I think um, I got this crazy idea for a pitch. Have you ever thought about instead of you know we talk about the basic of the bag, kind of making it plain is kind of the best thing. It's not too flashy, yeah. not too standoff, but the container it comes in instead of an like a brown box or something, you should do something that's like one of your barrels, like one of those like t like a, like you know how you see a toxic waste barrel or something. Just get that, but in black, and it says like a small sticker, "Pop Coffee Roaster." <laughs> yeah, barrel barrel box. And then you could that. even open up some of the, like, uh, you know, like take some of those beans and put it in there. So it's like packaging peanuts, but it's the beans. <laughs> so they pour the coffee out of the thing. You know, I'm, I'm not digging the toxic waste uh, connection there. However, <laughs> I am liking the idea of a cylindrical barrel shaped. Yeah, don't put a toxic symbol on it. I just remember <laughs> my brain connected that because a long time ago. Oh, I know a lot of people do because. Well, there was a toxic candy um, that came out back in the day, and it came in a barrel that was looked like a toxic barrel. And then you would pour it out, and they were super sour. I was like, but yeah. I, I saw the coffee. I was like, that would be perfect. You could do a video and everything of you pulling out the coffee out of the thing. Yeah, I wonder. So coffee actually comes in big burlap bags. Um, when you, I don't know if you ever seen like the wholesale side of it, but um, they're pretty cool too. Um, I want to find a way to. You could do it like Crown Royal where they put it in a bag that's all fancy and shit. Yeah, it's like pretty cool. I have one in the other room. Uh, but yeah, like a barrel, you know, custom packaging. Packaging is the name of the game actually nowadays. Like I actually have, uh, oh, everybody's just listening here. But this is a, so this is a box from another roaster. You can see that's a square. And I just was thinking in my head, inside this box is their coffee. But what if it was cylind like a barrel? Look at that. Yeah. So same, close, similar. No, we're, we're we, I like our resealable. So with the bags that we chose, we chose the resealable bag. Uh, I tested a lot of them. That pretty much had the most functionality um, as well as being aesthetically pleasing, uh, durable, um, tough. Those were, you know, I passed all the tests. So they're a little more pricier than some and you know like the one i just showed you like some people want to go with all biodegradable ones um i'm really more of a fan of things being reused so um you can reuse our bags more they're because they're durable and they're resealable so you could you know think you know store other coffee more you know you could store other food you know whatever they're reusable so 
and toss them out after a few uses. That's I my... literally don't even want to open mine. It's on my shelf. It's a, with the note and everything that you sent me. I was like, damn, this thing is this is awesome. It's got to go up in the studio. It's literally, if you can probably see, but it's literally sitting next to a giant Buddha. Oh, hey, Buddha. What's up? Yeah, no. Okay, you got a black one. So we did a test with some brown. Here's a good topic. I tested uh, brown craft bags and black ones, and the black ones I think went over better. But a lot, some people really like the brown ones, and they just, like had a different kind of vibe. You should and do a lighter photos. roast for the brown bags. That actually, you know what? Maybe we could use different bags. Yeah. So we're we were just experimenting, but it was funny that it was more of like a psychological experiment. See what people. Uh, well, look. If you look at the hot sauce, wanted. you get. If you get. If you look at the hot sauce, you get a Taco Bell. There's extra yeah. fire, extra spicy. Then there's mild. They're two different color sauce packets. That's the same thing you could do with your coffee. You could do a mild, or you do like a medium or low roast, and then have it in a lighter brown or a lighter black or gray, and then go for the like a, a I guess a medium but darker version of it. You'd have the black bag. Yeah, I think the so right now I'm actually developing our logo um so the packaging you got is a temporary logo too so you'll be seeing some really slick uh and once we create that i'll send you another bag um some really slick packaging where the bag itself will be printed um we'll have um, like you said different colors um not sure where we're going with everything but we're working on a lot of stuff your logo should be like this the name of it on top of a coffee mug the name of the on top of, yeah we're doing it so it's actually the logo is the same uh that you're looking at except it won't be like digital it'll be hand drawn uh, so my background is you know it's just taking me a long time to work on it that i'm also the marketing i literally do all my own marketing i went to columbia college chicago for art school so shout out to my alma mater um so when it comes to doing things like this i rarely outsource and i'll develop it you know do it all myself well, it's best sometimes it takes too, but it takes longer than you anticipate. I'm, oh, I could whip that up in a week, and then all of a sudden, I got to run this business and my reindeer as well, and my other business. And then by the time you know, I have a few side hustles here and there. You know, I've been doing eBay stuff. Um, I actually bought a vintage uh coffee maker and, and sold it. I did a, I got a sewing machine here, vintage Sears that I'm about to. Was either you know, I've just been like doing a little resale on the side just for fun. It's just the well, I think it's best if you're more dependent on yourself than relying on other people. I mean, I know it sounds like a bad I just get way to bored. live. Well, yeah, it's the whole thing though. It's like <laughs> I can I, I know if I fuck up, it's because I fucked up. So like I, I hold myself accountable for shit. So like if I'm doing yeah. something when it comes to my website getting built or something, I'm like, I need right. to make sure that I don't go and hire off. I had somebody get hired um uh for a guest that was on my podcast. She's been telling me for months now that her site's gonna finally be up. It's at like 90% and it's been three months. I'm like, I'm trying to release the episode. How am I going to do that if it's been so long? And she's like, I know I'm trying to be on them and get on top of them. Like, I did mine in a day. I did mine literally in like yeah. a few hours. But I mean, sometimes motivated people really person. have the time for it. Well, I also don't sleep, so that helps. That does help. Well, you might need help for that as well. <laughs> I went to a doctor's. <laughs> I was like, I'm an insomniac. He's like, yeah. He goes, I could give you something, but it's probably not going to work. I'm like, yeah, probably not. He's like, so what else you want to work on? I'm like, I don't know. I guess just sit and talk for a little bit. Yeah. Hey, man, a good conversation is priceless. Exactly. And I appreciate you sending me the bag, Josh. And first of all, coming back out here, too. I want to stay connected because I want to keep shooting marketing ideas back and forth. I love that whole aspect of it. 
that's what I'm about. You know, like this is the coolest venture I've obviously, you know, done because I haven't done it. It's not a complete solo venture for once. I actually can say that I'm not a complete solo entrepreneur. So up until now, well, five, six months ago, when we started this coffee company, I uh, always ran my businesses by myself. And now I'm finally, I got, you know, something going on that's like, it's like bigger than myself. And I really, really, really dig it. Cool. It's like you having know, a baby and watching it grow. Yeah. You know, you know, the energy's there, um, the networking, you know, the ability to cover more ground with two people. Um, you know, here I am talking to you and, you know, Jordan is out there doing his thing. Hey, first together. podcast you've ever been on. Yeah, definitely. I'm really stoked on it. I'm a Thank fucking hell of a first impression. That's like, having your first kid be like completely opposite and hate you. It's like, well, I was not <laughs> expecting this on my first try. Right. Yeah. You know, and I have two kids, so I can kind of relate. They're totally different than each other. You learn every single time. too. <laughs> hey, technically you got three. Cause if you have two, if you have two legitimate kids, then you have the company as well. So damn. Yeah. That I always do refer to it as a baby. And also uh, at the stage that we're in, uh, I guess that you refer to, uh, a new venture, a new business as uh, you're in your infancy, actually is the term that they would call the first year, usually, I believe. So just like when a first episode of a podcast comes out, it's trying to find the ground level and see where it goes. Hey, man, even every like counts. I always tell people that like, you know, one thing leads to the next. Um, since I met you, I've got offered three other brew reviews they have coffee all over the country in texas to, you're on the east coast out to california now um we've been collaborating on instagram pretty heavily uh you know so i'm i'm, I'm pretty excited about being you know people are really hyped on you know you know you just get it in the right hands and then people start talking and that's really what it is about like i said sparking the conversation to bring it back to uh you got support of out of the blank and me if that yeah. counts for anything well no that counts for everything like i said every that's more than a like man that's that's actual support so you know that brings value to me and makes me excited to get dressed and get out the door and go make something else happen and tell people about your podcast too put your and damn pants listen. on and get out there hey dude yeah. I'll, I'll do a sponsorship thing i'll be more than happy to promote freaking pop coffee roasters yeah, well, as long as, you know, you genuinely like the coffee and drink it, I'll keep sending it. <laughs> I've actually been doing something weird with it. I've been eating the beans to it. I know that sounds hey, disgusting, but it's it actually, not, it's really good. Not. You know, it, um, it's, it's a thing people do. And, you know, I honestly, I do it uh, when I, when, when they're fresh, when they write. Okay, so let's talk about right when you're pulling the beans out the roaster and they're still warm. I'll pick the right one that looks just like perfect. That's when I'll eat the bean. That's the way that I profile each roast. Uh, personally, that's just like my little thing. I think that Jordan thinks I'm crazy when I do that. But I've been doing it and people are like, why are you just eating the bean? I'm like, because I could do this and then I could throw it in a yogurt and make like a vanilla bean yogurt. I'm like, yo, this tastes just like coffee. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can put them in chocolate. They sell those, um, you know. There is a lot of, I guess, methods of transportation and they're consumable. Um, actually, it's funny. My daughter, we were talking about kids for a sec there a minute ago. She's 10 years old and almost 10. And she is going on 
uh, 20. She's an old soul, but she likes coffee and she liked it before I started doing this. And, uh, you know, I don't know where it came from. So I always let her have like a little sip, like, you know, like a little bit, but then she just started sneaking off and stealing beans out of the bags and eating them. And so that's her thing. Like she just takes, <laughs> she takes, uh, bean every time i'm like i don't know if this is good for your you know stunting your growth or what but she just straight eat coffee beans all the time it keeps her alert it's better than chocolate yeah. better than hey chocolate. she does great as long as she keeps bringing home these amazing a's and like how good she is in school we weren't aren't complaining about the coffee damn my mom should have been feeding me coffee beans instead of <laughs> fucking whatever i know i don't want to get in trouble for giving my kid coffee here but like seriously like... well josh i really appreciate you coming out and coming back on and doing the podcast and talking again. And I'll make sure that everybody's got your links and stuff in the description mm -hmm. um, so they can check out your awesome content too. And, you know, hit you up and try and connect with you through social media because I think that's the biggest way to grow right now. Yeah, for sure. We're out there. Uh, like, like I said earlier, you know, interact, hit us up. Let's get some coffee going. Let's get some conversation going. That's what we're about. And education as well about 